Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterullo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I found a body the other night, face down in the middle of the bike lane. Uh, and it was it was a live body, but barely. <laughs> and it's it's so it's on this thing called the 606. Um, it's this elevated bike trail that used to be um, an elevated freight rail line. So people bike on it, jog on it, and everything. I use it for commuting. It's about four miles long, and it gets me from one part of Chicago to the other. And I'm biking along, and it's about one in the morning, and I see what is clearly a body face down, smack dab in the middle of it. And, you know, I was kind of like, uh, please don't be dead. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I roll up, and um, it's a homeless guy under a sheet, face down, and he's mumbling. And uh, I'm like, well, I'm not just going to like keep rolling. I'm going to you know, check on him at least. And so I, I was like, hey, are you okay? He kind of mumbles a little bit louder. I'm like, hey, do you need any help? And he starts mumbling louder. And now I can start to hear words, only they're nonsense words. It's like gibberish, right? Mm. Um, and he's not just like speaking another language because like I worked at Department of State in passport services. I've heard every fucking language you can possibly imagine, every accent. This is not that. This was like a schizophrenia word Sp- salad. Speaking in tongues or whatever. Basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not on purpose just because he's mentally ill, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm keeping a good distance because, you know, I don't know if he's on something. I don't know what state he's in. I don't know if he's agitated. I don't know if me trying to help him is going to agitate him, right? Uh, and by, you know, after a couple minutes, like, other people are passing by. First guy passes by, and he's like, I'm like, hey, you know, hey, watch out. This guy's, you know, you know, don't run him over <laughs> at, at the very least. And he's like, did you call the cops yet? And I'm like, no, I'm not calling the cops. There's... <laughs> That's the whole point is to not call the cops. What the fuck? Oh, the guy on the ground is black, by the way. Um, and so this guy kind of rolls further away. And it looks like he might be starting to call the police. And then another guy rolls up from the other direction, also on a bike. Um, and then like the, the second guy takes off. The third guy is still there. And he's on the other side of the guy by about maybe 80 feet. So I, I roll over to this guy and I kind of tell him what's up. And he's he's like... Oh, does he know he's drunk? And I'm like, I don't think he's drunk, actually. <laughs> so it, it seemed like the, the guy who was assuming this guy face down was drunk was actually the one who was drunk. I just assumed that everyone else must be drunk. Uh, and so I'm like, you know, he's, he's like, oh, well, did he look? Did he piss himself? I'm like, no, why? Like that. <laughs> like that's, who, who cares the point yeah, is fucking cares point is, is he's face down and he's like in the middle of a traffic lane of people riding bikes by uh he's like all right you want to go walk over to him with me and i'm like okay like i'll i mean i was already there but whatever uh so he starts talking to this guy and he's like 
hey, are you homeless? And then suddenly the guy stops speaking in tongues, and now he's speaking perfect English, like he's lucid, and he's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm homeless. Uh, so, like, I, you know, somehow he snapped out of whatever state he was in enough to, you know, answer this guy's question. And then this guy, this guy says to him, he's like, well, I can't help you out with the fact you're homeless. And I was like, whoa, dude, like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like what, what's, what's your beef with people being homeless? And then he says it again. He's, he's like, that, that's your own, you got to deal with that on your own. Like he's like some like life coach thing snapped into his head or something. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of standing back just like, okay, if this guy gets like shitty with this homeless guy on the ground, I'm going to have to deal with like both of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but he kind of dialed it back a little bit and was like, well, could you, could you just move out of the middle and like sit down on his bench so no one runs you over? And he didn't want to move at first. And this guy finally says, look, if you don't move, eventually someone's going to call the cops on you and we don't want anyone to call the cops on you. And I was like, okay, all right, so he at least has that much, you know, <laughs> sense, sense yeah. to to know that like we're trying. He's trying to help this guy for his own safety, but also so somebody else doesn't call the cops on him. So at least he has that much, you know, moral clarity. Uh, but of course, the benches there's you know sitting there have the you know metal bars on them, so you can't lay down, so homeless people can't fall asleep on them. They have to you know try to sleep sitting upright because we you know that's how much we the hate the poor in this country. Fucking monsters, yeah, right. <laughs> that that do right. that sort of shit, yeah. Right. Karen won't be able to jog if there's a homeless guy sleeping there. Um, so he, he finally like gets it and was like, oh, I, yeah, I probably should get up and not lay down face down in the middle of fucking two counterflow bike lanes here. Um, and then we just took off and I was like, all right, you know, we did the best we can. We you know, made sure that at least for now, no one's going to call the cops on this guy and he's not going to get run over. So we did, did the, kind of the best we could at the moment. And I, no, you know, but, I mean, I asked yeah. the guy. Sorry, I, I mean, I asked the guy multiple times. Do you need help? Do you do you need assistance? So if he had said, "Hey, yes, I'm," you know, like something's wrong with me. I need you to call an ambulance. Like I would have yeah. done that in an instant. It's just you know he didn't respond to anything I said, and at the very least, responded to this other guy, and you know, it got out of the way and sat up on his own, sat down and got. You know, in a, in a place that was safer. So yeah, but I mean, really, like uh, you know, to, to the, the guy who's like, "Oh, do you want me to call the cops?" Like in your head, you should just whenever you hear that phrase and talking about somebody in some kind of a crisis situation, just be like, "Oh, do you want me to call to get this guy murdered?" Like that should be your immediate association in your brain because anyone who's you know in some kind of an altered state or it has some kind of a mental issue. Um, especially, you know, somebody who's black is, I, I, I don't know what the percentage is, maybe 50% likely to get shot by these cops when they come to show up to, you know, to quote unquote help him. I mean, you know, it's just. Uh, what are they going to do? They're yeah, going to tell like, him to they... do the same thing we're going to tell him, which is to please sit up and not lay down. Yeah, probably get harass him. run over. Maybe right. forcibly right. lift him up. He might freak out and they might fucking shoot him. That's. The, the likelihood of, the, exactly. of, you know, of what's going to happen if they right. come. If I ask the guy to move out of the way and he doesn't comply, I don't have the authority to murder him for for disobeying me. <laughs> right? Or the like, dickhead sense of entitlement of, like, how dare this person who's clearly not, 
you know, it, it clearly doesn't have his mental faculties not obeying my commands. Like I you're not going to say faculties. I, I saw that word coming. But you know, like it's just that cops just can't fucking comprehend when people don't immediately, you know, uh, comply 100% unquestioningly with any of their sure. orders, reg- regardless of and, and what they all capacity have they have to do that. They all have a limit. Like some, it's immediately they'll go at you. The other ones, like they'll they'll tell you, you know, seven eight times. But that ninth time, if you don't do it, that's when they snap. And they all have that breaking point. It's just a matter of where it is. You yeah. know, it's it's like they are. It's drilled into their heads. You have to control the situation. And if someone's not complying, you're not in control, and you have to regain control. And it's like literally, like if you had never been here in the first place. What you had no control either, so why even bring them there? Yeah, you know, yeah. unless unless it's an emergency where you need someone with a gun to help solve it, which is like fucking never, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Outside uh, of the movies, almost never happens. Like, there's never a situation yeah. where where there's still an active situation that requires a fucking cop with a gun. You know, most of the time it's resolved within you know two minutes of of starting. If, and if you it's not, witness, not a, yeah, if you witness a guy like trying to murder his girlfriend, then go ahead and call the cops because that's when you need that, right? Any other time, probably don't need that. Yeah. And truth be told, nowadays it would probably be better just to have like a group of dudes in the neighborhood <clears throat> who have their own fucking guns. Just be like, hey, round up you know, your so, anti-fuck so super soldiers. You know, so and so is. Uh, Lost his fucking mind. Can you please come deal with this guy? Um, but yeah. Well, so speaking of which, we should talk about the breaking news. Uh, literally just before we started recording, uh, uh, an update on the Brianna Taylor situation. So, you know, Brianna Taylor, I'm, I'm sure we talked about it at the time or at some point over the late, because this has been over I, almost a year now, I think, that this has been going on where uh, mm, Brianna no, Taylor. Like six, six months. It was April. It was, uh, I thought it was like 200 days. Okay, whatever. In any March event, or April. It, a, long, a long fucking time. You know, considerable amount of time. Um, Brianna Taylor was uh, home sleeping with her boyfriend in her, in her bedroom. Uh, cops were serving a no-knock warrant uh, on this address, which I guess had previously been the residence of, of the person they were looking for, but wasn't currently something to that effect. It was like this drug dealer that used to live there. But didn't live there anymore. Uh, it was her ex that they were. Oh, it was going her ex. After. Okay, so he, but right. he did used to live with her and, and didn't they, live there anymore. Yeah. Well, so they they claimed that they had a no knock warrant because they had done surveillance and witnessed uh, her ex come to that house to pick up packages. Um, which clearly, if you're a black person, you would have no reason to to mail something if it wasn't drugs, right? Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Y- you know, ordering shoes or clothes off the So internet, he literally could have just had something delivered possible. there by accident since it used to be an address and was going to pick it up. Yeah, if you've ever had, like, if you've ever lived somewhere where you didn't have a secure place for packages to get dropped off, like, you would ask your friends, whoever lived close by, hey, can I have this delivered to your house so mm-hmm. someone doesn't steal it off my porch because I work all fucking day. And my porch is right on the street, and anyone can fucking see a package, and people steal shit all the time. 
You know, yeah. there's no, there's very little risk in that sealing mail or, you know, packages. So, like, I do that all the time. I'll have something that I know won't fit my mailbox. <laughs> so you're going to say steal packages? <laughs> no. <laughs> I steal packages all the time. <laughs> steal from corporations, not from your neighbors. No, of course, of course. I, so yeah. just p- based purely off the fact that her ex, who they believed was uh, selling drugs, and we're talking street dealer here. We're not talking kingpin. Um, yeah. Because he picked up some packages that were sent through the mail. Uh, for the United States Postal Service, um, that that meant that he was a drug dealer. And that's why they had a no-knock warrant for her address. And they found no guns and no drugs in that house. Uh, I mean, aside from the, the gun that her boyfriend used to uh, defend themselves when the cops came in, guns blazing. When um, people, they didn't even know who they were. People just came in and started shooting. Like, they, that could be fucking anybody. Right. Like right. How do you know who's breaking in? They called the they called the police to say someone was breaking into their house and shooting at them. And the police were like, oh, yeah, that's us. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. Uh, and then after they shot her in her bed and killed her, they didn't call an ambulance for another 20 minutes. Yep, Just let her, let her bleed to death. That's what yeah. they do. They And th- 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 in almost every situation, that's what happens. And it's not by accident. Cops do that. Because they don't want that person surviving and then recalling details of the story that would be counter to the narrative that they're already fucking creating in their heads to justify their their murderous behavior. Like that's that's why they let people bleed out all the time and don't call people and don't check on people for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes in almost every one of these cases where they shoot somebody who's unarmed. And they'll say, oh, well, we we couldn't go in because it wasn't safe. It's like, well, why wasn't it safe? Because you went in there and created a fucking panic and caused people to fear for their lives and try to defend their lives. You created the situation that was unsafe, you fucking pigs. Yeah. And for and of course, you know, no-knock warrants shouldn't fucking exist. It's, it's insanity that they let cops execute these things where they literally can just kick your door down. Uh, you know, without without prior warrant without prior warning, without any kind of communication. What do you fucking think is going to happen? If somebody kicked your door down right now, like, while well, I'm recording this podcast, if somebody kicked my door down, I would immediately grab the heaviest object near me and, you know, wing it at the, in the direction of the, you know, just out of instinct. It's like, you know, what, what are you going to do? Like, it's just, it, it, it's designed to create the conflict that they want so that they can do their actual fucking intention, which is to shoot the person and then, you know, clean up the streets basically is what I, Mm -hmm. that's, I really think that that's behind most of the things that cops do is that they do in, in deep down have this desire to clean up the streets, to rid it of this evil, this good, you know, they, they think that they're the good, the forces of good in this battle of good versus evil. Um, they do that all the time with, with protesters when they want to arrest you, they just grab your arm they fucking twist your skin, you know, give you a good old Indian twist uh and till you react and as soon as you shout out in pain they'll say stop resisting and then they fucking slam into the ground because you reacted because you reacted to the pain they caused you you know and they say all i did was all i did was grab his arm and he fought me so i had to you know throw him down right i see it all the fucking time at these these protests yeah no they're, they're 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 fucking maniacs and so the um one of the officers, uh, I think it was a sergeant that was uh, involved in this situation, he had actually sent out uh, an, a, a 2 a.m. drunken email to, I guess, to the whole department, or was that just to the officers that 
to the whole department. He's he okay. like just hit send all. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it was it was somewhat coherent. And he must have spell checked it, but like he sent it at two a.m. So betting he was pretty drunk when he did it. Yeah. Um, and this was like one of the cops that got shot. So yeah, good, good, good shooting there, boyfriend. Um, and what was his name? Mattingly. Yeah, Mattingly. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like what the fuck? Pick, pick a pick a a, a, a suffix. Jonathan Mattingly. You don't get to like. Why is your last name an adverb? Mattingly. Like, what kind of name is that? Hey, listen, Yankee great Don Mattingly would, uh, dis- but hopefully not related to this fucking clown. Uh, hey, hey, this guy looks did, like. Did he? Did that guy save anyone on nine eleven? I don't think so. <laughs> Cops did. What? Yeah, where, where was Don Mattingly on nine eleven? That's the real question. I think Seriously. everyone should be asking themselves. Did you see him? Did you did you see him while the towers were going down? I don't think so. Um, but no, so. So, I mean, basically, yeah, this letter is fucking unhinged. You know, I I didn't even hear about this. I guess it had come out yesterday. It leaked, you know, somebody in the department had leaked it, I guess. Um, And it's just really fucking unhinged, but it also gives you a great insight into how these fucking pigs think. Like, it's a lot of, there's a lot of talks of good versus evil, a lot of talks about, uh, talk about uh, this is the way we were trained in the academy, meaning the way that they they operated and, you know, talking about how the fuck, you know, just just any modicum of fucking restraint that's that's like begged of them, not even enforced upon them, but just begged upon begged of them is just met with like, you know, they have the biggest victim complex in the world like this. It's such an affront to their fucking personal, you know, uh, selves that that people are asking them to like maybe not shoot people for no fucking reason like it like like we're the ones that are the assholes and and of course he can't help but you know make like you know subtle anti-trans digs and you know calls black people thugs in this email like just just real like uh, basic like surface level things that like he probably didn't even think about while typing but it just shows you the type of people that become fucking cops it's like it's just they're fucking lunatics. They're they're your fucking right wing uncle. Like that's who that's who becomes cops. And then we act like. And then you have Joe Biden talking about fucking giving them, you know, more money for to to help them be be better funded and better trained. You can't fucking train this. These people are fucking sick in the head. They're fucking right wing <clears throat> monsters. Like they're you're not gonna train this out of them. This is who they are to their core. They're fucking bad people. They're evil people. Like, like the, the shit that they say about the civilians is actually true about them. It's it's kind of ironic, but well, a lot the of these people are just... completely fu- yeah. covers for them. This is from uh, U.S. News. This headline, Wounded officer in Breonna Taylor shooting. Uh, quote, I know we did the legal, moral, and ethical thing. That's the headline. Now, yep, yep. <laughs> wounded officer is a weird way to misspell murderer. Yep. Uh, and, and they lead with... Him getting to defend himself, saying, I know we did the legal, moral, and ethical thing when we shot that woman in her bed. In, yeah. <laughs> like, that innocent woman who had nothing to do with the, 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 the ridiculous no-knock warrant we were serving in the first place. Yes. Yeah. So in this guy's mind, it, the moral and ethical thing is to execute innocent black women in their sleep. 
Yeah, and he says like we did everything that we're taught in the academy, talking about this situation. Like, like he still thinks that they did the right thing. Not eat, not let alone not like oh man, we really fucked up. You know, obviously that's not what we intended. No, he still thinks that they did the right thing when they murdered an innocent fucking woman in her sleep in her fucking house in her apartment. Like that's that's what we're dealing with. You think you can fucking reform that, Joe Biden? Give me a fucking break. Fucking he didn't brain care about reform, man. He just wants to give no, more money. Course. And Joe of Biden course. says he wants to increase the Pentagon's budget too. This yep. is, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Medicare for all. How can we? Yeah, we will. How can we afford Medicare for all now? So um, yeah, more of this guy's letter. So, this yeah, guy yeah. says it's sad how the good guys are demonized and the criminals are canonized. Like literally, he thinks the this this is this is birth of a nation. This is you know yeah. we're we're lynching black people to save our white women. From you know, from whatever perceived threat we have, it this is, this is what he thinks. He he truly thinks that going in there, guns blazing, and killing as many black people as possible is the moral and ethical thing to do. This is your law enforcement. This is the people when they say to serve and protect, you know exactly what they're serving and protecting. Yep, capital. <laughs> but no, I mean, and it's just you know. So, oh, in any event, so the reason we, you know, we're we're talking about this today is because, you know, the the uh, Justice Department in Louisville was announcing today uh, up, an update on the case, and uh, you know, as anticipated, it was going to be whether or not that the officers would have been charged in this case. So, uh, in anticipation of that, they declared a state of emergency and locked down, you know, declared a curfew, locked down a bunch of businesses. Brought in a ton of cops and I'm, I'm, I'm sure National Guard and et cetera, et cetera, um, to defend them. So, of course, you know, I, I everyone else was like, gee, they probably know this is not going to end well, um, for, you know, for for uh, if you actually want to see justice uh, given out in this situation, that they're probably going to just let these fucking guys off the hook. And, you know, our, our fears were confirmed today because they announced charges for one of the three officers and um the charge was for uh, wanton endangerment. And what he was charged with was firing blindly into the three neighboring apartments uh, of Brianna Taylor. So not a single one of these fucking pigs was charged with the murder of Brianna Taylor. Uh, the other two were free to walk. And this third one was charged with wanton endangerment, which is basically a slap on well, the wrist. I mean, he clearly damaged the property with you know putting bullet holes in those walls that's i mean that that hurts the real estate it costs a couple right? hundred bucks to rehang that drywall i mean come on guys like <laughs> I, just uh, have you no have you no decency whatsoever no and so and again this carries a maximum fine of a penalty of five years in prison which you probably won't even get so no only get probation fucking, yeah yeah and, so yeah uh so they just got away with murder six more cops got away with murder uh and tonight we're gonna riot people are gonna riot and God bless him. I hope they fucking burn shit down. I hope they burn some cop cars down. I hope, hope they, they burn, burn that fucking precinct down. I hope they burn that fucking house down. That house, actually, the city declared the house, after it was riddled with bullets, declared the house to be a public nuisance. And the owner of the house, who they were renting from, uh, basically had to sell it to the city for a dollar. Oh, so wow. you know, So they sold the house, basically. <laughs> Yeah, basically the police uh, shot Civil the house, asset forfeiture. Uh, uh, turned it into a crime Unreal. scene, and then uh, you know basically they're gonna you know told the owner of that. So so if you're not a socialist, if you're a big lover of capital and real estate and uh, you know flipping houses and everything, um, imagine if the police did that to one of your properties 
and you compl- and like liquefied your entire asset of that property. Like if you, you say you're a landlord, say you like being a landlord and you know uh, making money off not working, uh, just imagine that happening in one of your properties, and, and that's your source of income, and that just disappears because the yeah. cops destroyed it basically, uh, and the city declares it's a public nuisance after the cops destroy it. I mean, what what made it the public nuisance? Was it Breonna Taylor? No. It was the police coming in there and breaking the door down, filling it full of bullets, and turning it into a giant crime scene. That's what made it a public nuisance. The police. So this public emergency they declared? Guess what? It's a fucking public emergency every day because of the goddamn police. Yeah. And and it's just not, but you know what? No amount of of cases like this and outcomes like this and rioting is ever going to get it through fucking liberals' heads that the police are the fucking problem. The police are the fucking instigators, and they're the violent ones. And it, you know, it, it's just again, it's because they're not our fucking friends. They're not on our side. They're our fucking enemy. And this is again why I can't fucking believe people are still trying to get leftists to vote for joe biden i mean he's saying he's being very clear he knows we're not his fucking friends he knows we're his enemy he fucking says it all the time like he said it today you know he said it the other day Uh, i have a clip to play that he that he fucking talked about uh beating bernie so here let me pull this yeah cue that up so yeah this is this is him in an interview uh in in the back of a carvel warehouse i guess apparently uh yeah he's in wisconsin uh, oh, is he? Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, very bizarre. Uh, he, you know, and, and just real quick, that's another thing that Biden like. And again, I'm not I'm all for I, I you know, wear masks all the time. And I think it's fucking insane how people don't wear masks. He's very bad with optics. And this is just like a base level thing. He looks so feeble and weak the way he wears his masks or the masks. He, and I know this is like such a surface level thing, but he just he. I, I don't know. His team is just very bad at setting up everything in general. You know, PR, fucking well, optics. He's wearing a mask, but he's standing about 15 feet away from the, the person interviewing him. So it's like, literally, there's no reason to have it on. You're nowhere yeah. near another human being. You're standing off in the middle of a warehouse with no one around you. And, and yeah, he just looks weird. You know, like he did that the thing where he, he was letting it hang off his ear that one time. Yeah. And it's it's like, that doesn't look good unless you're... <laughs> You know, it, it doesn't look good at anybody. I've seen like musicians do that. It doesn't it, it just looks fucking weird. Just you know, wear it when you're around people. When you're not around people, take it. it he just looks. I don't. I don't know. It, it's again. It's it's a it's a superficial thing, but it, he always looks feeble. Uh, probably because he is feeble and his brain's feeble. But anyway, so here's the video, uh, and when we'll talk about it. Talk to the voters that are worried about socialism and you raising taxes. First of all, I guarantee, I promise, I've never broken my word. Anyone making less than $400,000 will not see one single penny in their tax raised. Number two, I beat the socialists. That's how I got elected. That's how I got the nomination. Do I look like a socialist? Look at my career, my whole career. I am not a socialist. Number three, what we're going to do is make sure that we make people begin to pay their fair share. I'm not trying to punish anybody. Talk to the voters so, that are worried Yeah, so... <laughs> So Joe Biden just told socialists not to vote for him. That's yeah. what I heard. I'm not a yeah. socialist. Don't vote for me if you're a socialist. 
Again, yeah. I don't know why people, you know, he's he's told people who believe Tara Reid that they shouldn't vote for him. He's told people that don't think his immigration policies under the Obama administration were good to not vote for him, to go vote for Trump. He's told socialists that he beat the socialists, so why would we vote for him? Like, again, I, and I think I said this last week, his constituency that he's trying to attract is a center-right constituency. He doesn't want the left's vote. We keep saying, like, oh, they're blowing the left vote. He doesn't want the left's vote. He thinks that he can win the presidency with disillusioned Republicans. It's the same as the fucking idiots right. who think that a leftist is going to win a fucking a, a, a race against, a, you know, a, a, a national race against a Republican in, like, a congressional seat. Right. Like, it's fucking fantasy. This they don't think fantasy. they have to win over the left because they think the left is already on their side and the left is just disillusioned. And if only they came to their senses, they'd realize that the Democratic establishment in all of its West Wing sensibility uh, is the straight and narrow path, right? And they think that their real enemy is, is the right and they have to win over the right. And if they win over the right, it proves that they were right all along in the moral sense, which, of course, they're not. And in fact, the you know it's it's the what is it called the the narcissism of small difference. Like, look mm-hmm. at Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I don't see any fucking difference. They're, no, certainly, they're, they're both running against socialism. The only difference is Trump is calling Biden a socialist, and he's clearly not. And Biden's like, I beat the socialists, <laughs> and yeah, but it doesn't matter because Trump's going to win running against socialism, and and Biden is going to lose running against socialism because he needs the socialist to win. The thing about Bernie is that if Bernie was running, he'd have all the socialist votes, he'd get all the Democratic Party loyalists, and he'd get all the left and right-leaning independents, right? Yeah. Joe Biden is going to get only one of those three groups. He's going to get the Democratic Party loyalist, which is not enough to win an election. <laughs> this is, you know, and the media, the media loves a horse race. The media pretends Joe Biden... Having a national lead over Trump means he's winning in order to keep their anti-Trump audience tuning in and trusting them, right? If they told the truth that Biden's losing to Trump in every swing state that Hillary lost, they would lose millions in ad revenue, right? And and their audience, you know, the MSNBC, CNN audience that's hearing that Biden is in the lead all this time, when when Trump wins, when Biden loses, they're going to go. That's impossible. The, the could, we were told he, he was, was winning, winning by ten along. points in all these in all these polls we saw. And, and they're going to say again that Susan Sarandon, Michael Moore, and Russia have somehow magical powers to make Trump. Okay, so I got I got it. Somebody uh, five thirty has a little like electoral college calculator where you can like plug in like who wins what state, and it'll tell you exactly mm-hmm. the the outcome. So somebody tweeted this out. Biden has to overperform by 4% of where he is right now nationally just to win Washington, Oregon, Nevada, California, Colorado, New Mexico, Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Vermont, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, and Maine just to tie with Trump at 269 to 269 electoral college votes. Which, by the way, would mean that Donald Trump wins because then it goes to the House, but it's not actually the House members that vote. It's a group of electors, and I think the 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 Senate determines the electors. So then the it, it's it's a fucking fiasco. Or, Needless to say, or, it would go to or Trump. it goes to the Supreme Court, which is about to have another conservative <laughs> fucking judge on it. Yep, yep. Way to go! And if you, I mean, don't fucking tell me you're a Democrat and care about the Supreme Court. 
Because imagine who Bernie Sanders would be would be nominating in the Supreme Court right now if you hadn't rat fucked Bernie in 2016 and rat fucked him again this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, you know, this is just and liberals don't want to be told the truth. Liberals want to have and this is again why they loved Hillary cuz not cuz of anything she stood for or any policy she espoused, it's because she made them feel better because they like they wanted to elect the first female president regardless of how right-wing she is, regardless of how punitive or psychotic she was. And they don't want to be told by MSNBC that Biden is fucking losing right now. They want they that's why they get furious. That's why Near Tandon sent those furious emails to to you know, the president of NBC when they would have anchors occasionally be like, "Well, gee, you know, Hillary uh, needs to do a little bit better in these swing states. It's like, and it wasn't like, yeah, you're right. How can we do better? It was like, how dare you say that? Because they just want the comfort. That's all fucking politics is to them is comfort and optics because they all grew up on the fucking West Wing and they don't know how anything fucking works. Joe Biden, this is again, this is going to break people's fucking brains, people who do uh, polling, because Joe Biden is polling probably about 10 points higher than Trump nationally. That doesn't fucking but mean that's anything. that's because half the country lives in two states. Exactly. Like you don't understand. It doesn't fucking mean anything. He's, it, 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 Hillary can win by four million votes in California. It doesn't fucking matter because she lost a majority of the states, right? And was, that's how yeah. the Electoral College votes are, are allocated, right? And they forget this every fucking four years. They forget the Electoral—oh, but Hillary won the—it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter because that's not how we elect people. And if you cared about that, you would be relentlessly trying to abolish the Electoral College. And Democrats have never even approached the idea of abolishing the Electoral College. And it's literally the thing that has prevented the the last two uh, popular vote Democrats who won the presidency through the popular vote from actually becoming the president. You know, yeah. it's how we got Bush. It's how we got. It's it wasn't fucking Nader. It's how we got Bush the second because yeah, Nader didn't just... get a single electoral college vote. It, it was because <laughs> Gore fucking lost the electoral college, right? And this is the, I, they're doing the exact same thing. CNN, and he didn't even really win, lose the electoral college when they did the recount. It's just again the Supreme Court rat fucked him, and once right. again the Democrats let the Supreme Court get rat fucked and aren't even taught and are and are taking already prematurely taking off the table. The idea of packing the court next time they take power, which is and these these fucking so analysts, fucking these pathetic. pollsters are just grifting. They're just grifting on the hopes and dreams of of rekindling like a, a Obama nostalgia. Right? This is this is from CNN. Uh, CNN suggesting Trump facing a Biden blowout. Biden has a forty five percent chance of winning three hundred and forty electoral college votes, while Trump only has a twenty five percent of chance of getting just two hundred and seventy, according to a CNN analyst. Uh, you know what Trump's odds of getting two hundred and seventy electoral college votes were in two thousand sixteen? Nine percent. Oh, gee, that's interesting. <laughs> so <laughs> Joe Biden. So Hillary Clinton had obviously. Uh, a 91% chance of winning, according to CNN, in 2016. So Biden only has Oops. a 40, has half the, Biden has half the chance that Hillary Clinton did. <laughs> what do you think is going to fucking happen? <sighs> but you know, they'll still never fucking learn. They'll still blame the left. They'll blame, poll, they'll blame the polls for lying to them. They'll blame, but again, the polls really aren't lying. If you actually have a fucking brain and understand how politics works and look at the polls, like Joe Biden is polling tied or behind Trump 
in almost every key swing state that he needs to win. And again, Trump always underperforms in polls because most people don't want to openly admit that they're yeah. a Trump supporter because he's yeah. a fucking bigot, and, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if you that that list of the states that he's expected to win are all pretty easy, but Pennsylvania still can go either way. Right, then that's a huge one. Like he's not going to. He's up by two in a poll I saw today, which is not fucking remotely safe, and probably means he's probably trailing Trump because, like I said, he's almost almost certainly guaranteed Biden will lose Wisconsin, the state he was just in, insisting he's not a socialist. Right, Mm -hmm. like, do you you think there's any doubt who would win between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump in Wisconsin? Right, no, of course not. Bernie Sanders would would wipe the floor with Trump. He'd probably win by six points in in, in Wisconsin, which right. is you know electorally wiping the floor in a, in a swing state. Um, and, and again, this is it's not about whether people are picking between uh, you know Bernie. Like people say, oh, how could somebody uh, you know vote for Trump instead of you know who would have voted, voted for Bernie? For Bernie. Yeah. it's not that necessarily. I mean, there's there's a tiny bit of overlap there. It's just people not voting. It's people that only would have voted if it was Bernie, because he gets more people to turn out. Uh, it's and that those people are just going to stay home if it's not Bernie because they don't see any difference between Biden and Trump. They're just like, yeah. okay, oh well, another fucking, uh, you know, <laughs> shoot myself in the face or shoot myself in the back of my head. Which which do you want to do? Yeah. No, Biden would have you shoot him in the leg. That's that's the, the Biden strategy. Right. Um, and and again, yeah, it's like, and you know, they make it really difficult to vote Republicans, but also Democrats. You know, you see them do this shit in the primaries where they close a bunch of polling places in the Kentucky fucking primary so that Amy McGrath could, you know, uh, steal a fucking win from from Charles Booker. Uh, and you wonder why people don't fucking vote it's because you purposely make it difficult and a pain in the ass to vote. And why am I going to stand in line for fucking two hours for somebody that basically tells me to fuck off every time he has a hot microphone in front of his face? You know, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm not a socialist. I beat the socialist. So, you know, suck on that, basically, is what he says every time he gets asked about it. Uh, why the fuck would I go out of my way to vote for him? He and didn't beat the socialist. He was in anyway, like yeah, that's the other thing. fucking place. Bernie sweeped the first three states. Uh, and little booty jag off was in second place and dropped out. Who drops out when they're in second place before Super Tuesday? Yeah, Nobody. No, yeah, Obama fucking gifted Joe. And again, this is another thing that Joe Biden is the, the quintessential boomer. He has this unearned sense of accomplishment and disdain for the younger generations when it's the younger people that actually worked hard to get him into the position that he's in completely undeservedly like he just completely was gifted this nomination by Barack Obama having done no campaigning having no ground game having no field offices having he still no doesn't campaign. have field offices in fucking swing yeah. states I mean Obama literally like did all the fucking work and picks up a phone and gets everyone else to drop out it's like yeah I won the race after I was the only you know after everyone else was told to stop running like uh, <laughs> Yeah, and and they fucking and they Nancy Kerrigan, the one guy who was running ahead, you know, leading me in the race. Like that's how I won the fucking race. Is you know the lead pipe to Bernie Sanders' leg, and everyone else was told to drop out except the one person who would siphon votes off of him. Who who decaps their best friend? Who does that thing like that? (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorite little bits in I Tanya is when 
you know, like she she implies heavily she didn't do it, but like there's a little bit of a wink. Like, but I <laughs> I I still wouldn't mind if you thought I did, even though I actually didn't do it. Like she's mm-hmm. <laughs> like that slight little bit of derangement in you know, it's it's like. Uh, yes, it's terrible that my dreams are ruined, but at least I'm still being interviewed and I'm famous, <laughs> kind yep. of a thing. <laughs> well, so here, and I, I have this other clip now of Kamala too, and it just it really just shows you the types of people that these these people running the Democratic Party are. They disdain the people whose vote that they need to win this election. They disdain them. They think that they can win with their fucking professional class, you know, forty to sixty year old white middle class liberals. They think that that's enough to carry them, and they are just so fucking warped on what the actual electorate is because they haven't been around real people, you know, for any extended period uh, in their lives, in their adult lives. They they've been they've been coddled in fucking Ivy League schools. They've gotten into these government positions where they have this unearned sense of accomplishment, uh, and they don't fucking do anything. They don't work. They fucking take vacations when people are you know, dying and in need of fucking congressional aid. They just fuck off for a month and a half. Like these people don't live in a fucking real world. So this was Kamala during some speech she was giving, uh, to, to a group of people, uh, talking about, uh, the, the the younger population. So yeah. he, he, I wanted to play this yeah. clip for a while uh, now, but uh, if, it it pairs nicely with the uh, the Biden clip of uh, telling socialists not to vote for him. Yeah. So here's the audio from that. What's the other thing we know about this population? And it's a specific phase of life. Remember, age is more than a chronological fact. What else do we know about this population? Eighteen through twenty four. They are stupid. So there was actually a longer version of that clip, but the account that posted it um, got suspended because, you know, the K-Hive are a bunch of fucking maniacs and they mass report anybody who criticizes their queen, you know, for no reason whatsoever, other than just posting things that the candidate themselves actually fucking said in public. Well, and, and you hear a little bit of audience laughter, like she says it as a laugh line, even though she really believes it. Like people were probably laughing going... Did she really mean that? Like, well, yes, then she, she goes does. on. She goes, yeah, that's why we keep them in dorm rooms and we give them residential assistance. And that's why they're not smart enough to make their like basically implying that people are too fucking stupid to even breathe and function without adult supervision. Yeah. Uh, until eight, they're 18, 18 to 24 year olds right now currently are the most educated group of people in the entire U.S. history. 18 to 20. I mean, it's actually a wider age demographic, but uh, it's, it's like, like 18 eight, to 40 or something, or 18 to 30. Roughly, something. yeah. You I know. mean, it, it's, but yeah, I mean, there is nobody less stupid than 18 to 24 year olds right now. I know people that are like 21, 22 who are just through having been born after the internet was created, having your entire life exist within the, the invention of the internet that are light years smarter than me and more informed than me and more aware of what's going on in the world than I was at that age. And I was pretty, you know, I like I by I think 11 I already knew like the world was fucked up and it was because of the US. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and by 16 I was just flat out socialist. I by, by 16 I was like I want to join the Black Panthers. Oh, they're not around anymore. Fuck. Well, can <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it, it, people talk about back. like when they got radicalized. I was like I I you know, I went to school in like a fucking middle of a cornfield basically you know surrounded by deer hunters and uh cattle uh ranchers and 
I still learned about this shit. Like I learned about you know the civil rights movement. And I learned about Black Panthers. I learned about you know the anti-war movement. I learned about all that shit. And you know we had like the army recruiters at our school every day. They had a booth set up in our cafeteria, and I was like, how the fuck is that allowed? That's like that's like they would like bring them into our classes. They would bring them into our fucking classes oh, yeah. and let them do presentations. Like I couldn't believe that. I didn't really know One any better they, at the time, but I was still like, "This yeah. seems fucking uh, a little off to me." They brought like a, a like a semi trailer to our school one time that like the sides expanded out so they could like turn it into like a little mini movie theater, and we were required by law to have to go in it and sit down and watch this propaganda commercial for the military where they went through the glorious history of all our victories in battle and they no. completely skipped Vietnam for some reason. <laughs> scene and missing. I was, There's like a little slide like, scene Like missing. literally, I, I was just like, hey, where'd Vietnam go? And the whole fucking thing started laughing. Everyone started laughing. Because <laughs> we all fucking knew. Because our parents were, you know, like we were the generation where like our parents got drafted to go fight that war. So we heard all about that. So when they're like, oh, we were just going to skip over that one, we fucking like completely got our asses kicked by the Viet Cong. And, you know, teenagers are laughing at the military. And I'm sure the fucking recruiter assholes there were like, you know, embarrassed. <laughs> a minute later, you see like a red dot tracing up, <laughs> red light tracing up. Nah, the, you know, just, no. It's, it's um, like the, the Simpsons where uh, Lisa's like, hey, how come we don't ever have vegetarian food? And like the cafeteria woman's like hitting the independent thought alarm. <laughs> like... <laughs> Got oh, a situation, man. code blue. But, but yeah, I mean, and again, these—that's who these people are. They're paternalistic. They're demeaning. They're fucking condescending. They're not that smart, but they think they are. That's like the—that's who almost everyone who runs the fucking Democratic Party is. Um, and you know, speaking of somebody like that, we should mention uh, obviously the other big news of the week uh, is the the uh, sudden passing. Uh, nobody could have seen it coming of the. 87-year-old woman who survived five bouts with cancer, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice, obviously a complicated figure. Um, you know, I, I think I mean, first... Even saying that is probably would like blow liberal minds to say complicated because yeah. it, she is their fucking icon and they don't even know why necessarily. The funniest thing... And, this is this is one of those things where like if you go into any like you know custom printing card shop type place you know where they have like you know novelty magnets and pins and you know greeting cards you will always see some R- RBG merch t-shirts mm-hmm. buttons yep. magnets right and I, I got to thinking like when did all that start when did she become this this marketing icon or this this uh, sort of Etsy uh, legend where all these young women are are selling merch, right? And it's it's actually pretty recent that she became this household name. Uh, and it started in 2013 when a woman wrote a book about her, a biography called Notorious NBG, which again talking about appropriation, <laughs> you know, cringy as it is to you know, christen her with the, with essentially the name of, you know, Notorious B.I.G., uh, who, you know, when, when 
Anyway, I've, I've got some things I want to go over here about her, and I kind of broke it up into sec- sections here, and I wanted to be fair, because as I was doing my research, I realized that like, I'm, I'm like looking for bad things, right? And when you're looking for things that are bad on purpose, you are, um, you're, you're failing at your own bias, right? So sure. I, I went and watched the RBG documentary Oof. on Hulu last night, which is like, it is... <sighs> It, it, it's it's like take West Wing and boil it down to an hour and a half, and that's what it is. <laughs> it yeah. is it's it, it's not a documentary. It's just a puff piece to sell more more merchandise. That's all it is, right? And it <clears throat> it, it definitely went through her record of like the good things she'd done. And I I took notes on like why people like her, the good things, but it was also some bad things. And then we'll get to the ugly things. So we've got the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we'll go in that order here. Um, so uh, I, I just did want to mention, though, we we talked a little bit off uh, offline here about you know why you know people have been like fingers crossed that she doesn't die, right? And it, you know people said, well, why didn't you retire back when Obama was president? And you you actually had found out, and I read this, came from her daughter, that she wanted to stay on the Supreme Court until a woman was elected president, purely so that a woman could appoint her replacement. Yeah. Like, just... Selfish fucking vanity that she wanted to stay on the Supreme it's Court so she could Symbolic nonsense. It made yeah. no... Makes no... It's just fucking ego, right? And, and, and you know, to granted, almost every person dies on the Supreme Court. Like, they don't quit. They don't retire. Um, I think it was Sandra Day O'Connor who retired early and then said she mm-hmm. regretted it, you know? And it's like, why? <laughs> like, you, you get to have some time off. Go play. Go, you get go to fucking live your yachting. fucking life for the end of yeah. it. Yeah. The world does not start and stop based on your ruling on the court. But they all think like, oh, it, you know, if Atlas shrugs, then I'm not going to be there to, you know, catch it or whatever. So I mentioned the book that came out that kicked off this rampage of liberal adoration of of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Book came out in 2013. So really, all this rah-rah bullshit around Ruth Bader Ginsburg has only been around for about seven years. 2013 is an interesting year, though, because it's also the last year that the Democrats controlled the Senate, when Obama could have appointed literally anybody and got them yep. approved to the Supreme Court. But they didn't do that. So now we're stuck with Trump uh, coming up on his third Supreme Court appointment. Yeah. And you could have had Bernie. You could have had Bernie. By the way, there were fucking people in 2012 and 2013, like right after Obama won his second term, and it was like, all right, you know what? It's safe. He doesn't have to worry about campaigning. He's going to, you know, this is the term where he could get things done that he wants to get done without fear of repercussions. Uh, now she should retire. And there were a bunch of fucking liberals scolds in the media um, saying, well, I, it's so sexist and demeaning for you to demand that RBG retire. And why don't you demand that that Stephen Breyer retire? To which most people said, who the fuck is Stephen Breyer? But you know, obviously that's the other one of the other Democratic male Supreme Court justice appointees. And how old um, was he at the time? I, he probably was around a similar age, but he also didn't have five bouts of fucking cancer. Like, this is, it's just so insanely fucking right. selfish and self aggrandizing. And it, it's funny because it's around the time where that iconography around her started to crop up. And now it's 
totally ubiquitous. You can't go to a fucking, you know, uh, a, a little general store uh, without seeing 15 fucking RBG pieces of merch and socks and bobbleheads. Oh, and it's in the book tours. I mean, they show just ad nauseum footage of her being interviewed on a stage with an audience and just all these, you know, 25 year olds white women law students just sitting there just like eyes glazed over grinning just any little noise she utters they're like (gasps) applause applause so before we get into you know tearing her apart as we do with any uh liberal hero i do want to get through the stuff that is the good uh, any politician that passes we should say because people just tend to lionize them when Almost everyone that's been involved in politics for the last 50, actually probably for the last 200 years of the U.S.'s history has been a fucking monster to varying degrees and has done, you know, atrocious sure. things in the name of power. But yeah, let's, so, yeah, let's get into her record. When, um, you know, when, when <clears throat> Ruth Bader Ginsburg first went to Harvard Law in the early 1950s, uh, women didn't go to law school. Um, it was, I think, the first woman to argue a case in front of the Supreme Court was in 1880, which was extremely unheard of, and it didn't happen again for 100 years. That, that's wow. how it was just like, we don't do that. Um, so when she, when she, uh, when her, cl- her class, you know, like, not like your, you know, classroom, but like your class, you're the freshman class, then junior, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, she was one of only nine women out of a class of 500. Wow. Just nine women, yeah. So just just kind of contextualize like why she does matter to a lot of women because she was a pioneer and she was trying to do all these things in a world where women just were not even present, let alone uh, you know appreciated. Um, one thing she also did often throughout her career and at the time was uh, speak out against the Red Scare, speak out against McCarthyism. Um, which, you know, you're not only trying to, uh, you know, break a gender line in, in the world of law, but you're also speaking out against something that was very taboo, which was uh, saying, hey, maybe not, maybe everyone's not a communist. <laughs> maybe we don't need to treat everyone as, as an enemy if they have left-wing politics, right? Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I like about it, she, she couldn't cook, and her husband did all the cooking, and I think there's something very cute about that hearing like, about that no for sure yeah just because like i i fucking i cook like crazy it's like, like my I'm, marriage <laughs> I, yeah. I, I cook a lot um uh yeah. she was when she had her confirmation no actually let me jump back one uh so oh she was a part of the aclu's women's rights project uh she was the chief architect of a campaign against sex rule stereotyping in law arguing and winning five landmark Supreme Court cases. She used to you know, be a lawyer, and she argued these cases in front of the Supreme Court before she was on the Supreme Court. Um, so she ar- argued five, or argued and won five landmark Supreme Court cases during the 1970s. These decisions established the principle, principle of equal treatment in the law for women as well as men and banished numerous laws that treated women and men differently based on archaic gender stereotypes. And this wasn't just for women. There was a case she argued where uh, was it was a it was something about like a this guy was gonna get paid less money for his spouse dying than a woman would have been paid if a man died and it was just based on some archaic notion of like well that's a that's a a man's job so why would a woman be doing well, he that? brings in more money to the household you know so therefore yeah, yeah. Just, just like not based on any actual thing 
about our physicality or our abilities. It was just, that's just, we expect that a man would do that and not a woman. So she was, you know, it was, it was, you know, gender equality is not about someone having it better. It's about everyone being seen the same in the eyes of the law. Right. Yeah. Um, Oh, she was one of the few justices that spoke openly about pre- being pro-choice. That's one of the things they always will will grill them on their their Senate hearing is what are their stance on abortion, and almost every nominee will say, "Well, it's already been ruled on, and I don't I don't have any personal opinion on it." They almost always don't answer the question like until that. I get on the court and I'm going to try to dec- decimate it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Oh, 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 it's already been decided, right? So she she openly talked at length during her hearing about why she was pro-choice and why it was so important for women to have that right. So mm-hmm. credit to her for that. And uh, despite that, she was confirmed by a vote of 96 to 3, which is almost unheard of in, in the Senate. I mean, if you well, look at... Say, uh, yeah. yeah well, Brett Kavanaugh was almost completely right down party lines. Almost, but you know what's funny is that honestly, up until maybe like 10, 15 years ago, almost every Supreme Court justice was maybe not 90 to 3, but it, very rarely was it like a party line vote up until, right. you know, maybe the last 20 years or so. I think when once once the media pressure <clears throat> on the Democrats became, you know, a strong force in their actual like day to day fundraising where it's like, well, fuck, we better not. You know, vote to confirm this person. Otherwise, uh, we're going to be in a world of trouble with our constituents. They most of the time just let even like the ghouls pass through. You know, fucking Clarence Thomas, despite the fact that they had this massive hearing, which Joe Biden totally fucking enabled the Republicans throughout, by the way, uh, about his sexual harassment, still like confirmed him like 60 something to something and a bunch of Democrats voted for him despite the right. fact that he had no fucking experience whatsoever and he was a sexual predator and he was a fucking idiot, you know, and like it, it it's, just, it's very, it's a, it's a somewhat recent, uh, hey, hey, phenomenon. Black Republicans are not a monolith. All right. <laughs> you know, black Republicans, we're not a monolith. <laughs> Get their pants. <laughs> By the way, for anyone uh, that doesn't know what we're talking about, you should really watch the, the key and peel sketch, black Republicans. It's fucking hilarious. There's a couple like, literally, of them. There's a couple yeah, yeah. of them. I'm thinking like the town hall one where they all get up and they start their their what's the, speech with you know black Republicans. We're not a monolith. What's the what's the the name of the wife Emily or something like that? Yeah. Somebody's somebody's white wife's here. What's her name? Emily. And they all go running out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Key and Peel, fucking so good. The good thing shit. I loved yeah. about their comedy was like there's a lot of bad comedy that has a good premise. But just keeps sure. wearing it out. Like uh, Portlandia was a show where, like they they definitely got a lot of things right about Portland. But they would take a joke and just wear it out for five minutes and not expand upon the joke. Where with Key and Peel, they would always have a premise they would start with and expand upon it and make it slightly more absurd and slightly more absurd. And so you get to the end, and you're like, "This is the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen before. How the fuck did we get here?" Like uh, the the two. Um, uh, Baptist grandmas, you know, like I would take the devil down, I would shove him in the front. Like, <laughs> yeah. They would just get more and more crazy with it until you're like, I can't fucking believe what I'm watching, right? Yeah. And they would do it in a very short span of time, but like not any faster than was plausible that your brain could process. Or like the, and I said, bitch, they have to get like yeah, further yeah. and further away until eventually they're in outer space. <laughs> they're in space. <laughs> And it's just, it's just so the, the writing process of how they would like get there. 
to, to take you to the most absurd thing that started out with something completely banal and normal. Um, God, they were so good. Love that yeah. show. Jordan Peele did a lot of the writing, which, you know, you can obviously tell. He's oh, yeah, you could tell he's, the, and then, he's the, the main guy. And, and then he was, obviously goes on to write fucking great, you know, pieces of modern horror like us. Right, and, and, right. Uh, and the other guy goes off to do a game show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, same thing with Tim so, and Eric. And, 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 like, and endorse uh, Pete Buttigieg for president. <laughs> yeah, uh, same thing with Tim and Eric. Like, Tim Heidecker is basically 90% of that, that duo, right? And you can tell in the writing and the acting that he's the one that comes up with the premises and the characters and and does most of that and he has a friend that has just kind of gone along with it and that's that's how you have a lot of comedic duos yeah yeah no for sure um all right so yeah but rbg's record uh where where, where were we with her record oh yeah so that was the good now we got the bad um and this is recent stuff too this isn't like oh a long time ago recently she voted to ram a natural gas pipeline through indigenous land I think that was her last ruling, by the way. Was it? Yeah. yeah, I yeah I knew that it was, was the last thing last... she ever did on the Supreme yeah. Court. Uh, and she voted in favor of Trump's fast-track deportation of, of asylum seekers. So there's that. Which, by the way, not even you know the, some of the other de- Democratic uh, Supreme Court justices even voted for her. Sotomayor vote, you know, voted against her in that case. So Yeah. So It wasn't I like, watched... oh, I got to go along. It was just... I, no, I watched I just that generally documentary this. last night. And one of the really revealing things they showed was was talking about how she really isn't that far on the left, and they like they put all the judges in like an like a little graphic, like their heads like in order of like most progressive to like most left to most right, and she was mm-hmm. right in the middle. She's like mm-hmm. basically a, you know radical centrist, and then they showed that like a, as time went on, once other liberal justices left, only by that measure did she move more to to the left as the court moved more to the right but like she didn't change she's still uh-huh. always been you know i was watching democracy now yesterday they had one of her biographers on and they brought up some of like the some of the cringy things that she's ruled on on the wrong side of history and the wrong side of moral and ethics and they were like well she's never really been progressive she's more like a uh, a radical conservative and i was like oh well that sounds terrible <laughs> Like that's the that's the best thing your biographer can say about you. <laughs> like what what have we been you know yes queening about her all this time for? Oh, the merchandise and the book sale, the book tour, and the tickets to go the have iconography. a talk. At the... That's that's all politics is to people. But again, this is just the root rot at the core of the Democratic base is that they all grew up watching The West Wing and they all grew up with Aaron Sorkin's fucked up idea of how politics is supposed to work, where it's all superficial and it's all iconography and it's all based on personalities and policies don't mean fucking anything because people that write these fantasies have never had to worry about their material conditions and they get to cook up these fucking, you know, fantasy lives for themselves. And that's who becomes fucking involved in politics nowadays. That's that's the people yeah, that run the Democratic Party. Yeah, it's consultants that want to write a book and get on TV and make a career out of you know creating an illusion that people want to believe in that doesn't exist right so now i want to get to the ugly and this was something i was talking to my mom about the other night and she hadn't even heard of this this was like all i knew people talking about rbg for (laughs) but a couple years ago when we knew about Everyone knows about this. How could you not know about this unless all you do is watch fucking MSNBC every night? 
Yep. So Colin Kaepernick, who has been blacklisted from the NFL still for daring to take a knee during the national anthem. Even though in, they use his, his image in their opening video at the start of the season this year as like, you know, proud of him for taking a stand. Still haven't given him a job or let him try out for a team, but you know. That's so fucking insane. Gross. So she was being, RBG was being interviewed by Katie Couric. And so maybe I should start with, with her apology. So mm-hmm. she said a mean thing about Colin Kaepernick that was very tone deaf, right? And she had to apologize for it. Um, and I'm going to read her apology first, or, or parts of it here, because it, it basically makes it sound like she said a bad thing about Colin Kaepernick without really knowing what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, in a statement released by the court's public information officer, she didn't even say it herself. She had someone else issue the apology for her, which, again, is like, you're a public figure. You can go out and do interviews with Katie Couric, but you can't do your own apologies. You can do fucking okay. book tours, yeah. Yeah. So in a statement released by the court's public information officer, Ginsburg said she had been, quote, barely aware of the incident or its purpose, referring to Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Like, that's an incident? Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that she should have, quote, declined to respond, end quote, when asked the question by Katie Couric. So Katie Couric just asked her what she thought about Colin Kaepernick, uh, who's a public figure, uh, taking a knee, you know, and so no idea what she was talking about, presumably based on that apology. Yeah. yeah. So she, Katie Kirk said, well, what do you think about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and protesting, you know, uh, police violence against. So <laughs> Ruth answered the question here. Kaepernick's decision not to stand for the star spangled banner to call attention to racial injustice is dumb and disrespectful. So she literally says who it was what he was doing and what it was for in the actual answer. purpose, which no conservative seemed to admit or understand why he was so doing it. She knew it. exactly. She knew it. She knew exactly. She said uh, she was barely aware of the incident or its purpose. She said exactly what the incident was and the purpose of it in her answer to Katie Couric. She didn't just say, "Oh, I think that's dumb." She knew exactly what she was calling dumb, who she was calling dumb. But she went on in her answer. <laughs> she says. What he did was uh, dumb and disrespectful. I would have had the same answer if you asked me about flag burning. I think it's a terrible thing to do, but I wouldn't lock a person up for doing it. I would point out how ridiculous it seems to me to do such an act. So literally, highest court in the land, and you're like a razor thin, you know, just below the, the bar of putting people in jail for exercising the First Amendment. Yep. That sound progressive <laughs> to you, America? <laughs> That's 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 a progressive champion. That's that's the champion of, of rights of the downtrodden everywhere. Like, and just it's un- not unbelievable. Just, it's not just like I'm a regular person, and I think like you should go to jail for doing a thing I don't like, or you know I, I wouldn't put you in jail for it, but I still think you're, ter- you're terrible for doing it. This is somebody who has the the power to put people in jail. The yeah. highest court. I mean, it, the Supreme Court isn't <clears throat> usually here. Uh, criminal cases where they would actually be putting someone in jail. It's more about you know legal precedent, law of the land stuff. Uh, but still, like you're a fucking judge and you're like waving around like, well, I I might put you in jail. I might not. It's it's you know I they can I have rule all legislation illegal. Like they could have ruled the fucking crime bill illegal that locks people up for fucking petty offenses and minor offenses. You know, like yeah, it's and, just and not to mention bringing the flag did used to be illegal. Yeah, and that and that was something the Supreme Court ruled on. So, like, if they wanted to change that, they could. Now, 
usually, and this is something that I've, I've tried to remind people that are freaking out about Trump having all these conservative uh, court appointments, <clears throat> usually the court doesn't retry cases, right? Like if they've already ruled on it, because they don't, they decide what cases they want to even hear, right? They don't hear all the cases that are submitted. They pick and choose which ones they want. And even if somebody is a pretty conservative judge, they also understand the precedent that like, if there was a case that was basically Roe v. Wade all over again for them to rule on, they wouldn't do it because it's like, well, we've already done that one. Like we, we don't, <laughs> we don't hear cases that would set new legal precedent that have already been set typically. Well, I, and I, and I believe, you know, the chief justice has kind of broad jurisdiction over what they actually will hear. Um, and John Roberts, who's the chief justice, you know, terrible guy, terrible judge, is not like a right-wing ideologue crusader where he's going to try to retry, you know, abortion over and over again until they deem it illegal. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily yeah, what now, he's looking to do. Now, who knows what when he's said, emboldened, but, you if know. You, if you look at the crop of young white Karens that uh, Trump wants to appoint, who all have only been appointed to the bench federally within, like, the last 18 months to three years— uh, or in one case has not ever been a judge. <laughs> it's uh, not looking good <laughs> in that regard. But No, no. I mean, this is a fucking nightmare, which easily avoidable nightmare that could have been avoided if fucking RBG had retired when Obama could have rammed through anybody he fucking right. wanted. And then people said, put Nelson oh, Mandela but, on the Supreme Court. You know, you know, RBG was convinced that Hillary Clinton was going to be the next president. Like, what convinced you of that? What What illusion, what fantasy made you think that was going to happen? Oh, because CNN told you she had a 91% chance? Guess what? They lied to you. They're not fucking news. They're infotainment there to make money the same way as Ruth's out there trying to sell books and people are trying to grift money off her by turning her into this icon. The problem is when you make someone an icon is that they're beyond criticism and you start to project all of your own values onto that person. She's just like me. She's just, oh, she's everything I want to be. It's like she ceases to be a person. Right. And it's just she's an idea. She's a product at that point. And when it turns out that, you know, when what's what, what's the thing they always try to do in marketing is convince you it's not a product. It's an experience. Right. Well, yep. guess what? If the experience doesn't turn out to be real, you end up with Donald Trump <laughs> being the guy that's appointing a third justice in his first term. Right. You think Joe Biden's going to get there and appoint somebody good either? No. Joe Biden would appoint fucking Ted Cruz. Right. Yeah. No, he, well, I mean, he would have appointed a conservative. He would have appointed probably somebody like Merrick Garland or somebody to the right of Merrick Garland, which is sure. already a conservative fucking justice. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's pathetic. It's fucking pathetic. But this is what ha this is why you cannot lionize fucking politicians. And I, you know, and I kind of tell this to like people that are, are like super, you know, into kind of lionizing Bernie, too. It's like you should always hold all of these people accountable, you know. Uh, no matter what the fuck they do like yeah there's some of them are a lot better than others but they still make stupid choices they're still vain they're still people they're still people with egos who had enough of an ego to want to get into national electoral politics and they need to be held accountable at every turn and we don't need to lionize these people because then when you try to hold them accountable it's like well what do you mean i mean i'm your friend i'm your i'm your how, what, what do you mean you're criticizing me now you can't get into that kind of relationship with fucking half politicians. the shit i'll say I'll, I'll tell people the stuff and they're like what that doesn't even sound like something that ruth would say and it's like 
what do you mean sound like something she would say? Like you clearly have not heard her say enough things. I was gonna yet. say most of these people probably haven't heard her speak. Like it, it's not something that you know. Right. It, yeah, it, it's just yeah. I just I saw her in a t-shirt. So oh god, did you see all the all like the the bad photoshopping of like her face on Wonder Woman? And all that shit. Oh, good God. They had that in the movie, too. And I was just like, ugh. Like, you don't realize that makes her look bad. Oh, God. Um, what, what about the tweet about the, the Ruth Conda forever? <laughs> the, the one was like, oh, well, I, I told my, my, my you know, b- my five-year-old daughter about RBG dying. And, you know, she said, oh, well, now he, she's, in, she's in heaven with Chadwick. And then she, and then she said like, <laughs> something about, like, Ruth, what the Ruth Conda forever. And I'm just like, this is... Uh, again... I, 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 I'm going to crawl inside of myself. This is so cringy. More yeah. fucking racist appropriation. And, you know, it's it's like clear, like she argued on the right side of several cases that were race-based. She was on the right side of stuff. But that doesn't, it, it's like, it's still, it's like it, race is an abstraction for so many white people where it, it like, they know they can, they can spot racism when it's in front of them, but not when it's within them, not when mm-hmm. it's their own bias. Right, and yeah. every white person is guilty of this to one degree or another. It's just how much you're willing to be able to recognize your own bias and keep it in check. That is something that you, like every white person, needs to do is to recognize that the society and systemic racism is a small bit of human bias magnified over millions of people. Right, that is what systemic racism is, and it allows things like Ruth Bader Ginsburg to have hired only one black clerk her entire time that she was on the Supreme Court. And when which, I heard which she only that, had like five or six, right? Like No. I when I heard that, I I was like, <laughs> but how many clerks did she have since 1993? Mm-hmm. So I looked it up and I couldn't find the number anywhere. So I had to literally go through Wikipedia and count the names of every single clerk she had. Guess how many she had? 119. Out of 119 clerks since 1993, <laughs> she only hired one black person. Right. That's so a, when when lonely, when she said that she didn't understand the the purpose of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, uh, well, a that was a lie. But b if it was true, uh, it's probably because she never worked with any black people. <laughs> or it's not any uh, you know one Clarence Thomas black- side. They, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or her best friend, Antonin Scalia, who was literally her best friend on the Supreme Court the entire time she was there. So, you know, go figure. But, I mean, they, they had this photo because, like, all her, her former clerks gathered in, in D.C. to stand on the steps of the Supreme Court and take a, you know, like a distance photo. So they're all lined up in rows. And literally, it's like spot the black person. Like, it, it's just a row, row after row of white faces. And I think I found the black person, like, way in the back of the photo. Mm-hmm. But I'm not... It's so far you can't even tell because yeah. they're all wearing robes. And and you look at like the list of all these names and like half of them are Jewish names, right? Which okay, like I get it. There's nothing wrong with you know being Jewish and wanting to hire other Jewish people. But when it's half and you only have one black person out of 120, it just says I'm only it, comfortable surrounded by people that are exactly like me. Is really right. all it's saying, right? And she probably like it's not a I don't probably not even a conscious thing. No. Right, but because it's not a conscious thing, you have to be aware of it in ways and consciously try to. This is why you have diversity programs to get over our own internal bias and to mm-hmm. to be aware that there is this this system in place that makes people want to only associate with people that are like them. 
right? And, and that is, you know, like to a degree, we're all like that. And like, like you only want to date people you're attracted to, right? Like you want to work with people who you have a rapport with right off the bat. Like that's when you get along with somebody well in an interview, you're more likely to hire them. Well, the reason why you get along with them is because you have, you know, cultural markers that you connect on. Right, mm-hmm. your religion, your race, your, you know, what TV like thing that's just human nature, right? It's it's those biases are our nature, but it creates bad outcomes, right? It creates yeah. you know when you have a, a, a majority white population <clears throat> take over a continent and says, well, this is mine now, <laughs> and all you people <laughs> have to you know either be a slave or we're going to kill you, like that. That's the negative. That's like the worst case scenario, obviously. But we're still living with the the legacy of that. Um, <laughs> you know, our fucking housing. Just the fact that you have to pay rent. You know that that is the idea that that the land is a product you have to buy. Like you were born here. This is your fucking like. Who are you paying the rent to to live on the planet you were born on? It's yeah. insane, and it's getting more insane. <laughs> I saw this headline yesterday. Uh, gig economy launches Uber, but for evicting people. So you sent me this article, and I I really struggle to get through this article. I'm not gonna lie. Like this is maybe the this is some of the most like just heinous shit I think that's ever been invented by Silicon Valley. Like I, like I, and that's a that's a big list, and that's a fucking broad, wide reaching list of like things that fucked up things that Silicon Valley has done in in the in the name of you know capital, but. Yeah, so just go through quickly some of the stuff from... Yeah, from just this, a couple of this. the highlights from that. So just context, just a couple of days ago, uh, there was an article about an incident that happened here this summer in, in Chicago where uh, a couple of hired <clears throat> goons hired by a security company uh, were evicting a tenant at gunpoint claiming to be police. This just happened this summer, right? And they... Super legal. <laughs> Which is a impersonating an officer. Uh, turned out they were ex cops, right? And when all the cops showed up, because people, neighbors rightfully were like, "What the fuck? Who the fuck are these guys?" They're you know, mm-hmm. uh, the police rightfully de-escalated the situation, but then didn't arrest the two guys who were pretending to be cops holding a gun on this guy because, of course, they were ex cops, so they're all on the same team together, right? Uh, so that just just context of what it's going to look like when you have a bunch of hired mercenaries with guns going out and evicting people uh, for quick cash. So <laughs> the name of this company, this is just like out of a Black Mirror episode where they have like some cute sounding name, but they spell it different. So the name mm-hmm. of this company is Civil. Civil, but it's spelled C-I-V-V-L, which I'm sure somebody was, you know, patting themselves on the back for going to marketing school to come up with that one. Um so I'm just going to read here. So in its Craigslist ad posted across the country, I guess that makes it ads. Civil uh, explains that Civil um, explains the opportunity plainly. "Quote: There is plenty of work to do in the dismal economy. Unemployment is at a record high, and many cannot or simply are not paying rent and mortgages. We are being contracted by frustrated property owners and banks to secure foreclosed residential properties." So just the wording on that, to secure them. So they view people living in their homes as an insecurity to them. That, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a risk for them. So the, the, the way to get rid of that risk is to have somebody come in with guns who is not accountable to anybody 
and, and of course, they, they say they have no liability either. Uh, so going on here, Civil aims to marry the gig economy with the devastation of a pandemic, complete with signature gig startup language like be your own boss and flexible hours and looking for self-motivated individuals with positive attitudes. Uh, so oh, also uh, fastest growing money-making gig due to COVID-19, its website says. Literally thousands of process servers, process server, that, yeah, that's what, that's what they call themselves, mm-hmm. are needed in the coming months due to courts being backed up in judgments that needs to be served to defendants. So they're literally saying, like, we can't evict them through the courts, so we want you to go there and just intimidate them with guns and try to get them to leave on their own because we can't get a court order to do it, which was exactly what happened in this case in Chicago is they couldn't, you know, the, there's, there's been a ban on evictions in many cases, and also just because of COVID, courts are moving <clears throat> very slow, so they can't evict people. So they're trying to just get you to fear for your life because they sent their, they sent somebody there with a, pointing a gun at you, right? Yeah. Um, but here's the funniest part is, of course, they treat their employees like shit. Uh, in, negative reviews, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> in negative reviews in the Google Play and App Store, users complain about a hidden $35 enrollment fee to access the platform and a lack of work once signed up. <laughs> <laughs> So Unreal. this was, they actually quoted a, a, a local group here in Chicago, the uh, Autonomous, Tenants, uh, Autonomous Tenants Union, it's hard to say that out loud, um, issued a, a, a statement about this um, and said, uh, for a company like Civil to even exist is a frank admission that our housing system is predicated on violence. Yeah. 100%. Just, you know... the level of fucking just just inhumanism that you have to even be like be at to come up with an idea like civil is just you know i can't even fathom being that much of a fucking monster that i'm like gee how can i make money during this pandemic when a bunch of people are fearing for their lives and livelihood because they're out of work and they can't pay their rent gee let me make an app where people where you can hire people to go and fucking intimidate them out of their homes like that's that's a real fucking money maker right now it's like how did they come up with that name did they just go like let's just shorten civil asset forfeiture into like one (laughs) exactly right yeah fucking brutal man i yeah i don't know that's just i have no hope for our for our fucking humanity <laughs> but i have a little bit uh, of hope because tonight we're gonna fuck shit up um and and this is this is one of the funny as much as i hate trump like he keeps making me fucking laugh um there's a clip from a rally that i ran across it's a real problem i agree like he every time he talks especially about biden i'm just like he's fucking funny like i can't it, it really pisses me off but like it yeah I, yeah so he was at a rally talking about antifa throwing cans of tuna and soup at the police <laughs> and like literally bumblebee yep. tuna was trending because of it because apparently like he has a he has like a beef with bumblebee tuna over something so he always like references that company when he talks about antifa throwing cans of tuna <laughs> But then he goes, okay, so I'm just going to read the whole quote here. I have the clip, but I'm just going to read it. He goes, he says, uh, they go out and buy cans of tuna fish. And then he says, Goya. I hope Goya. Because <laughs> he loves the, the bean company, Goya, because their owner said a good thing about him. Uh-huh. So he, he's, 
They go out and buy Goya because they throw it. It's the perfect weight tuna fish that can really rip it right. He's talking about us throwing cans of food at the police, right? But he literally says, I hope it's Goya. Like, he's, like, saying, if Antifa's going to throw cans of food at the cops, I hope they're throwing Goya. The president just co-signed protesters throwing shit at the police. He literally that'd, that'd said, like I hope it's Goya. That'd literally be like if he was like, well, look, if you're going to make a Molotov cocktail, I hope you're using Trump uh, wine to, to, to make them. I hope you're right. using one of my, my Trump vodka bottles to make oh, your it's, Molotovs. It's, 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 it's the best. It's the most flammable. It's, the, it's perfect. You just It lights up. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It glows. It's wonderful. It's just, just... He's such a fucking idiot. It's unreal. Oh, my God. I, I, so it, funny. It's just it, it literally the biggest grift in the history of the United States. Uh, and again, deep down, I just I, I feel it in my uh, my heart of hearts that Donald Trump, the president, is actually Andy Kaufman as Tony Clifton as Donald Trump. <laughs> I hope so. That would make a lot of this worth it <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> like like his secret goal all along was to be just a, a complete. But I think he was like his intention was like, well, obviously, I'll be so over the top. They won't help but be able to see what their naked ambitions have led to. And, you know, I'll, I'll just be them with that. I'll just show them what they actually are like, you know, with the mask completely ripped off and then they'll get out and be I'm like, just, fuck, it, it didn't work. Literally <laughs> making it as easy as possible. Like, what else do I have to fucking do for you people? <laughs> like, you you couldn't even in, impeach me in the Senate with all Andy the Kaufman's shit going to show up in the back done? of a Donald Trump rally. So it's like, oh, my God, they weren't in the same place at the same time. You know, I'll be his brother-in-law playing Donald Trump at the time. Like, <sighs> It'll just be, yeah. What else so, do yeah. I have to do? Like, I literally, like, I, he could he could have started ten more wars by now and still gotten away with it, right? It, it, and hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, really, you're going to give me the largest military budget? Oh, you're going to give me more money than I even asked for for the military? Oh, okay. uh, all right. Well, what are you actually opposed to me for again? Oh, the kids in cages thing you didn't like, and the immigration thing. Like, okay, those are all. <laughs> Like you didn't care about Obama doing those same things, but okay, whatever. <sighs> Fuck. Could have had well, Bernie. Could have had Bernie. Had... <laughs> uh, oh, Bernie, by the way, bitch. did a uh, a tweet yesterday talking about. Um, uh, Bernie tweeted out the U.S. funded organization of American states falsely claimed that the last year's election in Bolivia was fraudulent. A military coup and repression followed. Bernie tweeted out you yesterday. Know, which, I, I which, saw that, and I was very happy that he tweeted that. I wish, you know, I mean, he'd been more vocal about that at the time when every fucking Democrat in the world was going we, along with yeah, the we knew that CIA election was, wasn't fraudulent. We knew that, and we're not even fucking on the ground there. It was yeah. like literally like, oh, their live counter uh, went down for an hour, and when it went back up, the votes were proportionally the, the same, same as they were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't like flip or anything like yeah. that. Uh, so yeah, th- this U.S.-backed um, organization of American states um, clearly set up just to attack any kind of left-wing government it's the, it's, selection. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a front and, for the CIA. I mean, we, you know, it's, it's obviously a fucking CIA front set to destabilize these regimes, and it works. They they do they they do good work. They uh, you know they they know what they're doing uh, because people are fucking idiots, and it's really easy to well. <laughs> They still haven't figured out how to crack Venezuela. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> those <laughs> Nicolas Maduro well, is, is a bad is motherfucker because he is just he is so good at like just snuffing out these coup attempts like like nobody I've ever seen 
maybe since like Castro, like you know, just be like, yeah, well, nice try, nice try, guys. Eva Morales like, was just off. too nice of a guy. Eva Morales was, was just yeah. like like way too. He was, trusting. He was a bur- he was a Bernie. He was he was a Bernie basically. Yeah. He was he was way too trusting and just believed in the like faith of humanity, and he got burned for it. And yep. Maduro knows that if you want to stay in power, uh, you got to pay <laughs> off your generals. So that yeah. they are fucking loyal as shit to you. You have to get your hands dirty. Like, and, you know, you, you know to do the right that, thing. And if that's what it takes to have to withstand constant barrages of, of CIA interference with your country, then so be it. You're, you're yeah. fucking fuck up those imperialists. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, um, I think we're, we got to wrap up, but. Uh, if you want to help the show out, uh, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. <clears throat> we have a Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, Patreon is patreon.com slash move left. Uh, we have merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left pod, uh, pod, P O D. Uh, and we, <laughs> I am on Twitter at move underscore left. And I'm on Twitter at Bike Slutty, and just want to say happy solstice, everybody. Yep. Be safe riding tonight, everybody. And we will see you next week.
to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? Oh, hell,